Welcome to the Mountain Outpost Podcast, the place where outdoor recreation meets conservation and activism. The Mountain Outpost is both a community and a podcast for the lovers and protectors of the mountains. The Mountain Outpost gives a voice to environmental protection in outdoor recreation. Our work connects today's most influential environmental changemakers, everyday activists and outdoor enthusiasts, supporting one another to keep our mountain environments beautiful and sustainable. I am your host, Megan Davin. So today, uh, I am the co-founder of the Renewal Workshop, uh, and that means, what do I do, is I do a lot of things starting up a company, um, and the way I got to be the co-founder of the Renewal Workshop that I worked in sustainability in the apparel and outdoor industry for the last 12 years, uh, working with a number of companies in the industry, Patagonia, Prana, Specialized, and uh, was helping these companies make things in a better way, making um, the products have a lower environmental impact and improving the social impact of uh, the factory workers or the farmers or whomever. And over the years, started to ask the question and think a lot more about, as others were thinking about, where does all this stuff go when we're done with it, using it as a consumer. And so the Renewal Workshop uh, became an idea uh, to help companies manage where their products go next. And how long has the Renewal Workshop been around for then? Um, I would say probably a year uh, as a as a company. It's always funny when, when people are like, when did the company start? It's like, well, it was an idea a few years ago. and. It was a business plan maybe two years ago, and then it was an idea that had a lot more um, structure around it, um, and then we incorporated, I guess, in December of 2015, uh, and we're piloting the idea and, the, and trying to prove a lot of assumptions over the last um, nine months, and then we moved into, we were in a factory space, but it was pretty small, and we moved into our factory today uh, in June of this year, so it's, and we're still evolving uh, as a company, we're going to, um, we're, we're, in, we're, we're doing operations right now, renewing product and, and tracking in our uh, sorry, recycling and upcycling options for materials, but um, we'll be selling renewed apparel uh, on our website in early November of this year. Ooh, that's very exciting. I'm looking forward to that. Um, so basically, you're the co-founders, and did you, who came up with, uh, you know, the original idea, and you said you had worked with sustainability with other companies and was it just you realized that it was just a problem that needs to be fixed? Yeah, um, I think a lot of people were, uh, a lot of companies making apparel were starting to ask this question uh, and there's a organization called the Sustainable Apparel Coalition which also was um, has a way of measuring your environmental impact and 
some of the questions they had were where does your, you know where is your stuff designed for recycling where does it go when it's next or are you as a brand taking responsibility for this uh, so the idea um, around a circular economy around recycling around textile life cycle all of those ideas are very well thought out and have been around for a long time and I think when the when I started talking about it and figuring out the idea for the renewal workshop was like, okay, well, what does that look like, like physically and practically? And what are the gaps that our industry is facing? And a lot of it has to do with time and ability to sit down and really problem solve and figure out a solution for a problem when brands are so focused on, you know, making their stuff and selling it and, um, these projects take a long time and I was working inside companies and realized that, Oh, this has to be its own company. Um, and so my, uh, co-founder Jeff Denby also had worked actually he started an apparel company. Um, so he knew apparel really well. And so when we came together, um, you know, I was sort of like, here's this idea and here's the, here's what I thought of it. And it really over time has evolved and become its own, living, breathing thing that has taken a lot of great ideas from a lot of people and we continue to evolve it. And what exactly are you doing with the clothing? How are you renewing? Sure. Yeah. So, um, so, so if you've never, if you're, if you're not a part of the apparel industry, what I'm talking about is probably a little weird. Um, because, it's not, uh, we, I, the renewal workshop came out of solving a problem for the industry itself. So if, if you're just a, an average person off the street um, and you're buying clothes but not really sure what, what's going on, um, I can, I'll explain it a little bit better. So essentially, apparel brands make new things, they sell new things. Those products are made in factories, more often than not contracted factories overseas. That product comes back into, let's say, the United States, for example. It's sold. And then customers um, can return product because it's they didn't like it or it's damaged or um, different reasons. And so when a brand gets product returned to them, they can sometimes restock it and resell it, but a lot of times that product can't be um, resold again in its original intent. Um, and also more and more brands are starting to uh, set up take-back programs where they're saying to customers, hey, if you're done with your product and you don't want to send it to landfill or you don't know where to take it, we'll take it back from you. So all of this product needed to find a solution. And while there are some solutions around charities or donations, um, a lot of that product um, just actually doesn't end up getting sold. Um, and if it's really damaged, it ends up in landfill. And so what we wanted to do is provide a solution to a company and say, hey, we can guarantee nothing will end up in landfill, and we're going to find the best use of that product based on the quality of that product and where it's at in its life cycle. So essentially, we partner with brands directly. So I'll use Prana as an example. Um, and we take all of their unsellable inventory from their warehouse that they have deemed is can't, they can't do anything with. Um, and we bring it into our factory where we sort through it and we determine the quality of the product. So is it renewable, which means, you know, can it be cleaned and repaired and resold again? 
Um, if we see, hey, it's too damaged or not worth fixing or repairing, but there's still some value in there because the material is in still really good shape, we'll put that in our upcycling category. Or if it's a really damaged product and it's just done being a piece of clothing, that goes into the recycling category. And we divide recycling up based on material types. So for products that are renewable, uh, essentially they get cleaned. Uh, and we've got um, a couple of really amazing clean technologies on site. One is uh, uses liquid CO2 to clean the product, so it's waterless cleaning. Uh, and uh, there are some products that have to get wa uh, cleaned in a water machine. It's a smaller percentage, but we have that available if needed. And then the products go through our quality control repair area, where essentially the product is inspected, um, repairs are identified, those repairs are done, and then we label the product with a, so a renewal workshop label. So it's essentially co-branded. It's still a Prana jacket with a renewal workshop on it. So it's a really cool story for the customer to be like, hey, this, this garment, you know, may not have been able to be out in the mountains or doing things. Um, and because of this process, it can now be saved. Um, and so then that product gets loaded up on our website and we um, will be selling the product this fall. I like that. <laughs> How could someone else is doing this beforehand? It just, I know there's a lot more behind it, but in theory, it seems so simple. And there's also a point now we've become a society that like doesn't really know how to repair a lot of things, um, doesn't even know where to start or have the machine at home to do it. Uh, so this is a huge opportunity to get that product and find it new homes for people who really want to enjoy it. Yeah. So what are the companies that you're currently working with? Yeah, so we um, launch are launching with um, five companies. Prana is actually one of them. Uh, Ibex, Totem Co, Indigenous, and Mountain Khakis. And were these companies that you had sought out and approached, or that had found you, or maybe a little bit of both? Um, we, we, we sought them out. We definitely started talking to, um, all the apparel brands in the industry, very, um, excited to like learn about what are they doing with the products that they don't have a solution for? Are they interested in a circular economy? Um, and these five were super excited and, and ready to jump on board quickly. Uh, what I found really interesting is they all were excited for different reasons. Um, which made, which makes this model so exciting is that it's not just a sustainability story. It's not just the product quality story. It's not just a consumer engagement story. Um, it's so many other reasons to be a part of this. And so when people see brands committed to wanting to make sure that there's a solution for their products at the end of their life cycle, um, you know, it's, it just makes them like the brand a lot more and um, it makes you look at the product a little differently. I definitely would agree to that because I think every year I go through my wardrobe and I see, you know, what I have and, you know, if there's something that I'm maybe not even using, how do I change the way to use it or whatnot? Frequently it gets given to a friend or family member just because. 
but it's I want to know personally as a consumer, you know, what companies are doing to look at their impacts, you know, on the environment and manufacturing is as like Patagonia has pointed out as a, a very prominent company that talks about it a lot, you know, it's, it's a dirty thing and it does create a lot of waste that nobody ever thinks twice about. Yeah, exactly. Um, for your company, you guys are going to be, you'll have the products, you'll fix them in house and then they're only sold through online or will they go back to the original manufacturer? Right now they're going to be sold online, but um, I would expect to see in the next year or so as um, the partners we, we work with um, understand what we're doing, understand the marketplace a bit better, that there would be the potential that you could go into one of our partners' stores or website and access renewed apparel from them as well. Um, we definitely want to support that because they have their direct relationship and can tell their story with their customers. So that sales channel is available uh, to them. Um, but out of the gate, all of our brand partners were just really excited to get that product out there. So um, the fastest way to do it was to launch it on our website. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, yes, get it to the direct to consumer as quickly as possible. Um, outside of taking things from another company's supply chain and adding them kind of into yours, you know, uh, what are some of the environmental commitments that um, you have as a whole as a company? You talked about washing with waterless washing. I've, I know nothing about that. Is that... <laughs> I don't know, does that help with, you know, being more environmentally friendly or is it just a more efficient way? Yeah, the nice thing about having worked in sustainability for most of my career and then starting uh, a company at the beginning is that we can build in a lot of the best practices from the get-go. So, yeah, I think when, I, when we went to look at our cleaning technology, uh, and I just out of the gate assumed like, oh, okay, well, we'll use water and we'll have to do some kind of water recycling system. And when I started doing the research, I came upon Tercet Solutions, which is this liquid CO2 uh, and that, um, and the CO2 actually is recycled um, at about a 96% uh, recycling rate. And, and it was just like, wow, okay, we don't even have to use water to begin with. How cool is that? So, so that was a big piece of it, looking at all the chemistry that we will use in our factory to make sure that it meets the highest standards for um, material, uh, man, I mean, manufacturing restricted substances. Looking at our packaging when we sell, send out stuff to customers is like, okay, it has to be minimal. It has to be recyclable wherever our customers are. It has to be made from the best contents. Um, you know, just even setting up our recycling center and, and like, actually, like, if, I don't know what percentage, maybe around 60% of everything we bought to build our factory was reused. Uh, we bought a lot of used products from shelvings to sewing machines to racks. And so, yeah, building it in from the beginning has 
uh, is really great because we can always say to ourselves, like, I mean, luckily buying used things is a lot cheaper too, <laughs> but we can always be like, hey, these are our values and this is important to us, so we're making this decision. And so, yeah, I would say it's fun to have it be built in from the beginning. I mean, yeah, it's it, having worked in a lot of different aspects, um, mostly myself with a retail background, you know, whatever anyone's specialty is, the more you see it for the more places you work over time, you, you start developing plans in your own head of how you could do it your dream way one day. And, you know, to really see a company like this hitting the market, I think is a great reminder to so many people because you can't really, we all need the, in use the clothing we do whether it's like a lifestyle based piece related to the outdoor industry or a technical piece, but you know, we can't do what we do in loving the outdoors if things are just being continuously say thrown into the landfill and not thought about conscientiously. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a huge point to really emphasize is that um, there is a bit of a disconnect between like buying your gear and using your gear and sort of going, wait a minute, like, what had to happen for me to have this product? You know, the agriculture to grow the cotton or the, um, uh, like the refinery of the oil to make the polyester. Like there's environmental impacts and social impacts in everything we make. And I think for Jeff and I, the big part of our background was that we spent so much time in these supply chains trying to make this them better and then we don't value the products that got made to the level that they should be it's almost a disservice to all that work that went into it so we're really excited about the idea of like the longer we can extend a product is the most environmental story the most socially responsible story that we can do and um, because we're it's it's a way to very tangibly yeah give back contribute to the the environment that we love to play in Yes, and I'm sure all over the country there's not as many cool secondhand gear shops as I've probably been lucky enough to have lived around, but I think that's a huge thing is when there isn't something like that, having a place where you can go to find what you're looking for. Yeah, and that was a big deal for me. Like, I, I love going to thrift stores, and I love getting um, used product, but often it, you have to be in the mindset of, like, all right, let's go see what's there, when um, what, what we're creating is, like, a platform where you can be, like, I need a down jacket because I'm doing this trip, or a rainproof jacket, or a pair of yoga pants, or, you know, you can be very specific and be able to come to our online marketplace and then buy the thing that you actually need. Um, so, and know that it's not just used, it's been renewed, it's been cleaned, there's been a quality check on it, that like there's a cool repair perhaps with the product. So yeah, there's a lot um, of opportunity for the customer to get access to more cool product. Are the items themselves gonna have like a tag on them, like stating what they originally were or is the only way you would know is that it's going to have a renewal workshop label on it? Um, do you mean, well, so the products are that we sell are 
if you mean by originally original, um, it, like a jacket will still be a jacket. We're not upcycling it into a different product. Or will it say, sorry, like new zipper, new button, something like that? Yeah, so we won't have a tag on the product um, because we are selling online and so we can use digital to tell the story and then it's less waste in the end. Um, so when you go onto that product page, you'll be able to see like replace zipper, replace button, or darned a hole, or whatever the issues are. And um, so there is a knowledge to the customer about what they're getting and what that change is. And then, um, and then you'll receive the product uh, tagged with the renewal workshop. And the renewal workshop tag is more to um, help tell the story that this piece is, there's something special. So it's, it's Prana and it's Totem Co and it's Ibex and a, a really cool story. Okay, I like that. Now, so part of, I don't know, I, I feel like I, I learned a lot because I got to see you in Pitch Fest. And by the way, I think you did a fabulous job. Um, but, you know, how has this experience where you got to go basically to the outdoor retailer market and present at Pitch Fest, which was an event put on by what was you know, formerly the OIWC, now Canberra Outdoor. How has that changed with the business? Are you finding more conversations are happening or more companies coming to, to you guys? Anything like that so far? Yeah, yes. Um, the Canberra, I guess we call it Canberra Outdoor now. Um, that pitch fest was an incredible opportunity and experience for me and for the company. I think for me personally, what was so cool was to be surrounded by other women entrepreneurs within the outdoor industry because there's there's not a lot um, that are well-known. And so it was fun to be surrounded by women and we were walking down the street and it was like, how do you, how do you get it all done in a day? And like, you know, half the women had kids and I don't have kids. And I was like, how do you do this? It's amazing. And it was just nice to have someone to talk to. Um, so that experience was really cool. And then Camper Outdoor did a really good job of organizing the pitch fest and getting a great audience in place and, um, and setting up some press opportunities for us, which have been really helpful um, for the business. And so the company itself, um, we really did a big push at Outdoor Retailer this August to meet with a lot of companies, do a lot of press, um, have a lot. I, I spoke on a few panels. Um, Jeff was running around <laughs> between interviews with different press and it was, a, it was, there was a lot of excitement. I think there's like, um, you know, we started the conversations about a year ago and people were like, okay, well, we'll kind of watch and see how it goes. And the fact that we're um, signing on brand partners. We've done another 15 other pilots with brands. We are um, meeting all of our objectives around the factory build out and our marketing. And so I think there was um, a lot of support for what we're doing and a lot of people who I never would have heard of us, um, we had the chance to get in front of. So yeah, it was awesome. So doing this factory build out and starting a business is not cheap. You guys have an Indiegogo campaign. Could you talk a little bit about that? 
Yeah, so um, actually, the, building out this company is not cheap at all, and we have um, we have other big investors into the company so that we can get the equipment we need and everything. Um, the Indiegogo campaign is really the huge opportunity for us to start rallying supporters of the company and a way to get involved with the company. So what's cool about Indiegogo is that um, we have a financial goal we're trying to raise, which is money for newer uh, um, equipment for our sewing area. So while we have um, a snap machine, we'd like pneumatic air compressors in that machine and there's a few other um, machinery that's more expensive so we definitely are trying to raise money for that uh, and what we're trying to do is get people who are interested in the concept of us and the idea of us to get in early um, to get a cool perk to pre-order renewed apparel um, just to like sign up and and be involved as we're building this out because it's it's going to take a, a village and a community to spread the word about what we're doing and build that momentum. And so um, we're using this campaign as a big, a big push to make that happen. And Indiegogo, correct me if I'm wrong, has some more flexible timing or terms than something like a Kickstarter. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we can. Um, we so if we want to extend the um, campaign because people are still interested in pre-ordering before the website goes up, we can do that. Okay. When is the closing date right now for it? It is September seventeenth. Oh, right around the corner. It is. We just. Um, we just actually did a post on our Instagram, um, 12 days left, the 12 days of the renewal workshop. Um. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I was going to say, I'm going to have to spend some more time looking at that and all the sweet perks because I looked quickly earlier and I can only assume it is amazing. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, there's like, you know, uh, we have a like a renewal full lifestyle newsletter for 10 bucks all the way up to our $5,000 perk is we will fly you out here. You can renew your own product and uh, spend a weekend partying with the renewal team. So yeah. And lots of Sorry, say that again. Sorry. Where are you guys located then? Ah, so we are based in Cascade Locks, Oregon, which is about 45 minutes east of Portland. So get that, folks. Everybody, you're going to go to Port outside of Portland and party at the Renewal Workshop. $5,000. Right, micro brews and lots of awesome hiking. <laughs> I've never been, but I just know it's going to be beautiful there. I've seen too many great photos. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I feel like I just keep inching further and further west. I went from the East Coast to Colorado and, you know, just going to keep inching. <laughs> That's good. That's a better way to do it. And you get to see more of the country. I really do enjoy driving around the country. It's very pretty. I personally feel that renewals and the environment is not spoken about enough in the industry. Um, I mean, I think... Basically, the Renewal Workshop, is there any other company 
similar or trying to do anything similar? Um, yeah, there are. Um, there, I would say the closest thing to what we're doing is um, what Eileen Fisher does with Green Eileen. So Eileen Fisher is its own brand, and they take back their products from customers when the customer is done with it. And they clean and repair the product and sell it in um, their Green Eileen store. They've got two, one's in Seattle and one's in New York. Uh, and it's really awesome what they're doing, very inspired by what they're doing. Uh, and I knew that the they are a very sustainably minded company. They have the energy to commit to making that happen. And I knew that other companies just don't have the time or the resources to do it. And so that's where the Renewal Workshop can do this on behalf of many companies and be able to scale the operations. So if one company in-house to do what we're doing um, may not make financial sense, but to partner with us when we're doing it for multiple companies makes a lot more sense. So um, yes, a huge nod out to them. Who was the first company to sign on board with you guys? Who was the first one? I think it was, well, it was Prana. Yeah, and, um, but I shouldn't, I mean, it was sort of all five kind of came in around the same time, so it's, um, and we had been working with all of them, and um, suiting, what's the, what's the word? Uh, we, they, we were a suitor of them. Okay, yep. Yeah, uh, and uh, so, yeah, uh, it's kind of how it all happened. Was Prana the last company you had worked with or worked at? Yeah. 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 So I had, and the reason why, yeah, Prana is um, such a, a special partner is that I had worked there for seven years uh, managing managing sustainability. So uh, when I left, um, I got to tell my boss, I'm like, this is what I'm going to go do. And I want you to be a partner. He was like, all right, let's check it out. Um, it made a lot of sense for them and they were really excited. So uh, it was kind of a wonderful transition. Um, now, I've always been interested in the sustainability side of the, especially the apparel industry of the outdoor industry. Since you have so much experience, could you talk a little bit about what that looks like? I mean, I can assume it, it's very different for every company based on their missions and goals, but could you maybe talk about working with like sustainability programs in other companies just kind of in general? Because I think that's something that's not always talked about enough. Yeah, no, um, the, the big thing is, is that so when I started doing this work 12 years ago, there were a handful of companies starting to like think about sustainability. And it started with like, do we have recycling in our head office and should we switch out our light bulbs? And over time, research started to show that the issue or the impact is really in the supply chain. It's how you make the products that you sell that has the biggest environmental and social impact. And so once people got their heads wrapped around that, it was like, oh, okay, well then how do we make do better? How do we improve our impacts? Um, 
And so my background actually was in sustainability strategy and my first job out of school actually was at Patagonia working on the social responsibility program. And so there was a, a clear objective to make sure that the factories that we work with and the people who are in those factories are having their human rights and labor rights upheld. Uh, and so that's a huge piece. Wherever there is labor in making products, um, making sure that those rights um, are being uh, with upheld is important. And then the other piece is wherever there's an environmental impact that good decisions are being made around the around that. So looking at, for instance, agriculture and farming and uh, why there's such a big push towards something like organic cotton uh, or uh, uh, cellulosic, uh, which is uh, rayon or viscose fibers being made in a closed loop or transparent way with less harmful chemistry. Um, a huge thing lately has been around the dyeing of fabrics. So in order to get color or to get these fancy finishes on products like DWR, um, what chemistry is being used? And so it went from a very broad way of like, we should do better to going back and dusting off your biology and chemistry and physics notebooks and saying like, oh, okay, now we actually have to problem solve because the way we are doing business currently has a negative impact. Um, and so the big thing with strategy is that you then weave that into the business. So uh, while I was at Prana, we had a number of initiatives where we reduced packaging and saved millions of pounds of plastic. We changed the supply chain um, from co conventional cotton to organic. We introduced fair trade apparel. So, and there's lots of companies doing these things today, but what was, is really exciting is that it's gone from something that was very niche with like, you know, Patagonia being kind of the only ones many years ago to a lot of companies incorporating this, which is so important because our planet needs this. We need to have everybody thinking about it, on board, making the changes. Um, otherwise, we won't be able to access those raw materials and make products in the future. What was your background? Because you said you wanted to go work for Patagonia right out of school. What was your background and degree in? Uh, it was a Master's of Environmental Studies in Business. And Business? Uh-huh. Okay. I just finished a Master's of Environmental Studies and I have moments still where I'm like, I don't know what this is going to get me. <laughs> so you're giving me hope here. Oh, yeah. Like, it's amazing how much um, knowledge of the environment and how the environment works is um, becoming super critical now to decision making because um, the conversations are far more detailed in getting into chemistry and biology and why are we, you know, what are endocrine disruptors and how do we get make sure that that's not in a chemistry we're using and what that might impact on a aquatic life or that kind of thing. Like, it's, it's, it's huge. Are there resources for people to learn about this out there? Or is it just things that you've learned over time, stumbling across like different articles and whatnot, talking about it? Um, well, I do think, I mean, my degree was really helpful because it set a lot of context to the work that I, I 
I do. Um, so from a very broad perspective, I think that there's um, there are degrees out there about sustainable business. There's also amazing books out there. I still love the ones I read when I was in school, uh, Cradle to Cradle, Natural Capitalism. Um, there's a lot, a lot more. Um, and then when you get into your field of work, you end up deep diving into specifics. So, and and I've learned a lot from attending conferences and um, talking to experts in the field because there isn't a book specifically about, or maybe there is, <laughs> about like the uh, environmental impacts of uh, fluorine and DWR and the chemistry of applying it on the garment and how you get, like, it's it becomes very nuanced very fast. So that's where um, uh, my involvement with organizations helped me a lot. So the Outdoor Industry Association has a sustainability working group. Um, I was very involved in the Fair Labor Association. Um, so there's there's a lot of, a lot of great organizations out there now do you think as a whole i've worked in retail for the last seven years and you know some places i see a lot more educated consumers and some places you know you just hand over a black american express card and it's just another outfit that you're adding to the collection of like 20 million but do you think there's a disconnect between consumers and the products? And basically, is the Renewal Workshop part of helping fix that disconnect that people have with their clothing? Do you think you could change people to, or do you hope to change people in some of their habits outside of even just clothing? Um, we definitely want to help people change their habits, but we also know that people have to kind of come to the table with an interest in changing. So we talk a lot internally about this renewable lifestyle. So it's not just about buying renewed clothes, but it's how do we live a renewable um, life. And so like we talk on Monday mornings, we'll talk about what do people do this weekend? And it's like, Oh, um, you know, Dave has this amazing garden and he worked in it and this is the food that he grew. We talk a lot here at the Renewal um, Workshop about this renewable lifestyle and how it's not just about buying renewed clothes, but about kind of leading a life that has a lower impact. And, and we all do it in different ways. And I think that's the part that we want to really highlight is like, there's no shaming. Are you green enough or whatever? It's like, however you want to do it. And it's sort of the sum of all of our actions and constantly being inspired by each other and knowing that what you're doing is enough. Um, and don't feel like you're lacking or you're less of a person because like, Oh, if I only drove or bike to work every day or instead of driving my car. But you know, for us, it's like, you know, our operations lead Dave has this amazing garden and he'll bring us in vegetables and we'll have lunch together. And, and for us, that's like a great way to, for like building community, supporting local agriculture, having conversations about, um, you know, impact and environment. And, you know, so I think that's a, a big, a big piece of it. Um, whether or not we're changing the way 
customers engage with their clothes. I think that's a, a longer play that's happening constantly. There's so many new small companies coming to the table who have sustainable only lines. And then there are big companies changing their operations and offering products with a lower environmental and social or a better and social impact. And, and so I think for people, there's a lot of people who love fashion and aren't exposed to, or um, can I don't, I think people care. It's just that, uh, they make their purchasing decisions based on other priorities. And so hopefully over time, you don't have to trade off between values and style. Like you can get them both. And I think, I think we will add to that conversation and, and help it move along. I really like that you talked about it as a sustainable lifestyle, because I think it's a very important aspect where people in the past have gotten very hung up of not doing enough where in reality, you know, each person can indiv only individually do so much within, you know, what they're comfortable with and every day. And there's definitely ways to push that. But at the same time, if you're at least conscientiously thinking about it, that's more than it goes a lot farther than most people I think realize. And I love that you guys, you know, get together and do lunches once in a while with garden food. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess all food comes from gardens, but, you know, from one of your coworkers' gardens. Yeah, it's pretty special. It's pretty special. Um, I mean, and it's, it's very intentional. Like, you have to make the time for it. But at the same time, uh, our values were very important in who we hired inside the company and, and other people will bring up ideas and request things and want to do things because they know that this is what this company should represent. Um, I'll sit in a meeting and I don't even have to say anything and someone else will be like, well, our company stands for this, so we're going to want to make sure that we buy the packaging that has the highest recycled content. Or we're going to want to make sure that the uh, detergents used in our walk, our cleaning are of the highest environmental impact. And so it's, it's, it's really cool when people sort of giving people the permission to act their values and come to work their true self. Um, it's just like, watch out, get out of the way. They're just like, we are going to be so much greater than like me alone could ever imagine. It sounds like you guys are really just building a community of great people, um, you know, striving for what you're all passionate about. And I think I for, I have forgotten sometimes that other people have similar values to me. You know, for a while I was amongst people who I felt like had nothing, no thoughts whatsoever in regards to the environment or sustainability. And then I think it's when you find those people you can go big places and make change. And it sounds like that's what is going on right now up in Oregon. <laughs> that's right. That's what we're doing up here in Oregon. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like a very idyllic location. I, Oregon's like number one on my bucket list right now. So I keep, I'm just thinking about it. Like I need to go to Oregon. Well, 
Megan, anytime you want to come, the invitation is open. We'd love to see you and have you here. Thank you. Keep watching us and following us and um, supporting us and make sure you're signed up for our but on our website or our Indiegogo and um, yeah, we, we, we can make a serious change here with everyone together. Thank you for listening in today. We are a storytelling platform that wants to share your stories. Have a story to share? Head on over to themountainoutpost.com and submit your idea on the contribute page or send an email to Hello at themountainoutpost.com. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter on our homepage. We promise we will not spam you or sell your information, but rather give you updates and share stories. Also, if you have not already checked us out on Instagram and Facebook, go ahead and give us a like. And last but not least, if you enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, be sure to give us a positive rating and subscribe and leave any comments. Until next time, we'll see you outside.